Thank you for listening to DJ Nocturna and interview with DJ Nocturna. Dark aloha to you and my guest, Richard Bennett, who is an electronic artist based in New York, also known as Roman Angelus. Is that how? Is yeah. That, oh, is that, I hope I did that you right. You got it. You got it. It's a made up name. So uh, yeah, yeah. it's anybody's guess, but that's how I like to say it. It's great. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I really enjoy your music. So, of course, always a big shout out to uh, Shameless Promotion PR. Your music is uh, has a little bit of that um, island fever, uh, you know, to me. It has a little bit of the exotica and the electronic blend to it, which is uh, very refreshing for me. Yeah, well, I mean, that's very, very much intentional. Uh, it's been uh, music that I've been interested in and obsessed with for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I actually have a DJ set that I've developed over the years really? that I present. Yeah. That I present at various places when they're trying out or doing a sort of like tiki cocktail vibey night. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, the, the really fun thing about that genre of music exotica in particular is that you could find so many great things in the dollar record bin which is becoming a harder and harder thing you used to look in those and be yeah. able to get very cool stuff now it's really thin um oh yeah yeah i you know i share that i i, I know exactly what you mean because before you know they started producing these new vinyls now right the way they the way they are now right there was a time in the in the 90s when there were like records like vinyl for like one dollar two dollar three you can't you can hardly find that anymore i mean you could yeah it's, it's not as common as so i've been buying rec vinyl for so long used ones you know people just put them away they give them away they don't care about them you know they they thought oh vinyl is gone now we got digital let's let's throw the vinyl away and let's give it away but yes, yes. like those and and I totally, I totally understand what you mean because you know um, Martin Denny, who was the father mm -hmm. of Exotica, you could say he had. Uh, you, you could still find his uh, his his records, you know. In, oh in, yeah, in the bin, yeah, it's amazing, right? So, I totally understand what you mean. So you, you DJ, you're also a DJ. I I do that. That is my main DJing thing. Is do the sort of Exotica oh. lounge thing, and it's a very niche. Um, it's a very niche act and it's the thing that I'm most interested in. And I, I, you know, as with my, the music that I compose, I'm really mostly interested in really setting the tone and setting the vibe and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm, I'm not so much of a vinyl head, make them dance kind of DJ. Um, yeah, yeah. like not that I dislike that kind of thing. It just isn't what I get up and want to do in the morning. Uh, so, so the opportunities for somebody who DJs mostly vinyl exotica and lounge are rare, but mm -hmm. when I get to do it, it's like one of the most fun things. Um, yeah. yeah. You, that you I get gotta, to do. You got to come to Hawaii then. Cause we've got, uh, oh. you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, when I think of uh, Martin Denny, right. He, he came, he was in Hawaii. He lived here. Yes, yeah. Uh, he, he lived here for a while. He was brought here by uh, Don the Beachcomber, which is the founder <laughs> of Tiki Culture, right? My man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is like. I mean, I I love tiki drinks. I mean, yeah. that's like one of the one of the best things ever. And in fact, I try to wear something. I like the shirt. It's very cool. 
Oh, and it's got a dinosaur on it too. Know, it's kind of a dinosaur. Yeah, a little dinosaur. I have a lot of other ones. I just figured out where this one. This one you don't have to iron. It's quite <laughs> easy to wear. It's like a dinosaur, right? It lives forever. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, I know going back, I know you you have this album coming out, and uh, and of course, you're you play lounge, right? It's like it's, it's a what's the, what's the genre would you say? I'd say electronic lounge exotica is kind of the longer way of saying it. I I I started to go back to calling it jazz, trying to like do this catch all because because it's kind of easier to describe to people and it's mostly instrumental music and jazz is such a broad field anyway. I mean anything where you could have Louis Armstrong to Chick Corea uh, and and call them both jazz, I think that I can say that I fit in with that. But that's my that's my shorthand you know, when my uh, mom's friends want to know what I do, <laughs> just say, just say jazz. It's easiest. Yeah. Well, it's great. I mean, I know you're coming out with an album, an LP, which is next week. Yes. It's going to be released. It's called Under uh, Supermarkets Underwater. That's right. It's uh, coming out on May 19th. It's a full reimagining of my record, Music for Underwater Supermarkets. And it was fully remixed by just one person. Scott Solter, who has done a lot of great, interesting work over the years for uh, the Mountain Goats, John Vanderslice, uh, and he and I have been friendly for a long time. And uh, he's just a great, imaginative and creative person. And I just handed him the record, the original record, and I said, go nuts. I don't even want to know what you're doing with it. I want you to come back to me with something I did give him, I, we talked about it a little bit. I wanted something that was sort of the opposite of what Music for Underwater Supermarkets was. So Music for Underwater Supermarkets is a very light and bouncy and joyful take, kind of almost like a 70s era Epcot Center. You know, what would it be like if we all lived underwater? It's going to be great. You're going to have so much fun. And then supermarkets underwater is sort of the flip side of that. I was thinking about being underwater and, you know, going deep and sort of the inescapable uh, nature. If you're sort of like, like movies like the abyss and stuff like that, where you're just, you know, stuck deep underwater and there's kind of no escape and stuff like, you know, stuff of a darker nature, but yeah, you know, being underwater, you live longer, I guess you could say, I mean, when, when we, when we had the pandemic, underwater would, would have been the place to survive, right? Even even supermarkets, for that matter, because supermarkets, <laughs> uh, people went to supermarkets. That's all they went to during the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> it here. Open, it was available, and you get you get food, and you, and you get out, and you go back home. <laughs> yeah. Strange times. Yeah. So I I, I love the the title, the supermarkets. I was, I I was just gonna ask you like why why did you choose that title? And um, I totally get it. Yeah, and and the and the remix record is also. I mean, you know, it's like a play on the words. But I again, I wanted it to be like when you're looking at it, you're you're less. You, you get the sense less that it's going to be an exciting and fun adventure, and kind of something a little more dark in nature. Um, you know, like like oh, geez, the supermarket is underwater. What happened to it? You know. Instead of like music in the background of this fun underwater supermarket. So that was my sort of intention with it. 
Yeah, now I was watching one of your live um, videos that you did. I think it was Swimming Through the Aisles. Is that the yep. live? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's on YouTube. You can find it there. And uh, that's really interesting how you were playing the keyboards and then the guitar <laughs> at the same time. That's, that's really incredible. Um, yeah, well, I, I developed that as part of what I'm going to do performing this record as a solo act and i've done solo performances before under many different guises just playing keyboards just playing guitar playing to a backing track and it's always a bit of a struggle because you have to whip up some enthusiasm at least as far as i see and when i did stuff only playing with backing tracks it felt like there was a real like bleh, i was really dead in the audience and so I was thinking, all right, I got to do at least a few things while I'm playing that kind of make people go, oh, whoa, I is uh, doing something, you know, a little bit of acrobatics there. And so, uh, yeah, so I was able to figure out some ways to do, you know, I'm uh, for those who want to check out the video, I'm playing guitar with only my left hand and then playing keyboards with only my right and sort of like matching up what I'm doing there. Uh, and it's fun and it's a fun little thing. And it's, uh, I mean, I'm supposed to say it's really difficult and it took me years and hours to develop, but, uh, <laughs> it's not the hardest thing, but it looks cool. And that's what matters. Oh, yeah. So you play, I know you play, uh, what instruments? Guitar is my main instrument. I've been playing since I was 12. I went to school for music for mm -hmm. guitar specifically, it's my main instrument. And then I kind of started to fall away from it. Uh, you know, going to school for music is a, is a loaded, um, it's, it's a loaded uh, subject or, or wherever. And after I got out of school, I was really burned out on it and I needed to find some new inspiration to keep on going with music because I was sort of dead inside musically. And I uh, was playing a gig with this band and the the um, sound person was playing Cometa's What Makes It Go. Uh -huh. And uh, I just like kind of, that was my rebirth moment. And I was like, this is... Oh, wow. Cool shit. And then I got almost immediately started picking up Stereo Lab records. And that to me, like, once I heard that, I was like, all right, I know what I want to do. And I started getting into playing keyboards and synth. And then I played keyboards and synth in a number of bands over the years. Um, my own band, Monocle, um, Mahogany. Um, I played, then I played a little bass in this shoegaze band, Soundpool. So, I sort of ventured out because I was growing kind of tired of guitar um, and it, it, it sort of became a difficult instrument to see clearly after years of studying it. But now I'm back. I have fun with it again. I'm able to have fun with it. Now, I, I know you also have um, a fascination uh, with uh, library recordings of the 60s and 70s. I guess exotica music, and I know you 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 have, you're a fan of uh, Burt Backrack, which which I happen to be as well. Who, uh, who how can you not be? I know, yeah, I know, and you know, unfortunately, he passed away. But you yeah. know, I know he's a Taurus, so he was very. Um, that's how you see his musical talent. You know, his his um, oh. love for he's music. a Taurus. Wow, that yeah. 
That I think he was, just so... had a birthday. Just had a birthday. Uh, I think it was a 12 or something like that. Uh, and he passed away, in, you know, just recently, like, I don't know, February, right? I think he passed away. But, you know, he came to Hawaii. I, you know, and did he, he live there for a while? I mean, uh, I feel like he could have. Uh... I, but I did, I did see him. This is this is like more recently. He was performing. Oh, okay. He doesn't sing it. I mean, he never, he never really sung. But uh, he was playing the piano, and then he had some singers. Yeah, I was actually this close to him. Like literally, I can touch Ooh. him. I could. <laughs> that's how. That's how intimate this this uh, space was. You know, the this venue that he performed at, the Blue Note. And oh, Blue Note. Yeah, of course. It's, it's good to have this intimate space. You know, sometimes that you think that big concert halls are the best. They're not. Actually, when you you pay a little bit more, but you're really like this close. He he turned around. And he said this to me. He goes, "Oh, is that good? What are you eating there?" And I'm like, "I I dropped." <laughs> like I was like, "Are you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me?" That is very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that kind of music. It's uh, it really speaks to me. And I think I started getting into it around the same time that I was getting into all other sorts of synth oriented music and people talk about hey the moog is cool and then there are these guys doing interesting things and the roman angelos thing grew out of a sort of interest in library music and the thing that was so appealing to me about that music was that you had these people and i'll pick out one in particular sven labayek who are brilliant composers brilliant arrangers just like kind of working work a day jobs they go to work for a certain you know a, a um company and they say yeah, do arrangements for these five songs or come up with something that we could put in the back of um of a cartoon and then they just go and they whip it up and and it's brilliant stuff and then it becomes kind of the soundtrack to your life because a lot of the Sven Labayek stuff was on um Scooby Doo and a lot of that's sort of like funky, you know, when they're walking around the sort of like funky background music, a lot of that is Sven Labayek and, um, you know, it becomes the soundtrack, the hidden, the sort of hidden soundtrack to your life. And these people were just kind of like doing their jobs as anyone else, really super talented, just kind of plugging away. And I just thought that that was a really interesting concept because we are so in America, at least, obsessed with attaching fame and all the accolades to to genius. You know, you can't, like, talk about Brian Wilson without 40 minutes talking about what a genius he is. It's like, okay, you know, can the guy just, like, be a really good and talented musician and then go have a burger or something, you know? <laughs> so I, I just found that whole kind of idea appealing. Um yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I love the style. I love the style too. I was going to say, I used to get made fun of in high school for um, liking smooth jazz and things that sounded like quote unquote elevator music to my um, yeah, because, fellow, fellow students. Yeah. Majority of people, you know, I mean, you're, yeah, that's very, you know, not, not a lot of people, you know, more, more people are just don't understand, I guess you can say, right? Yeah. They yeah. Really and, yeah, I went to school in Staten Island, which is, if you know the five boroughs of New York, it's the most conservative and least interesting of all the islands. Mm -hmm. Apologies to my, you know, parents who might be listening to this. 
So, uh, but yeah, so, so that's, that's kind of my interest in, in library music came from just the sort of understated, uh, brilliance of these, of these folks. And even the exotica music, I mean, that's just, uh, I, I know we were talking about it a little bit before we, uh, before I started recording the interview, but, uh, yeah, you definitely need to come to Hawaii. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's on my list. I, um, I, so much of my kind of artistic, um, sensibilities are drawn from, from those ideas from like, you know, it's kind of like the fifties and sixties promotional ideas of Hawaii. You know, I love those kinds of things where they're like, come and escape and, you know, to the beautiful island. And it obviously is beautiful. Um, but I sort of love that aesthetic of, you know, come here to, you know, to escape your woes. And it was a really powerful message at the time. And uh, I would love to come there. And yeah, and Les Baxter has a ton of sort of what you might call library type of music. You know, they were just... Uh, you know, they probably told him, hey, spit out another record, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So this this record that you're, you're releasing next week. Yes. Supermarket's Underwater, May 19th, is coming out on Happy Robots Records, which is the founder of Rodney Cromwell has been on the show a few times. Big shout out to him. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah. How did you guys, Um, how, how did you meet? And... We met through a mutual friend, Morgan Lote, uh, who performs music under the uh, moniker of Hologram Teen now, great artist. And we met through her. I did some work, some mixing work for one of the artists on Happy Robots. I think it was Alice was the first, Alice Hubble uh, was the oh, first yeah, person. Yeah. yeah. And then I produced one of um, the tracks for Rodney Cromwell. And then I actually produced the last record, produced and mixed the last record, Memory Box, uh, which was a really oh, wow. fun one. Yeah. And and you guys are, are going to be playing live, right? I, I, I was reading that. Yeah, it's going to be a real whirlwind tour of the UK. Uh, I'm super oh. excited for it. I have not been. I used to tour there years back and I haven't been for a while. So I'm. Oh, I, I need to go to England again. <laughs> yeah. What was the last time you were there? Oh, no, quite a while ago. I've been there a few times, but uh, I need to, I want to go to Coventry. Oh, well, we're so playing there. I know. I know. I was looking yeah. at that. You know, Martin Bow is one of the, one of my friends, a musician that lives in Coventry, England, a attrition. He lives there. Oh. And I, I want to go to uh, Manchester. Of course. Great well, city. And, uh, yeah. And I want to go to um, the place where Nick Cave is from. Where is he from? Um, he's not from Hull or, uh, or anything, yeah. is he? He's not. I just did an interview recently. Uh, <laughs> that's another place I want to go, um, where he where he lives in that area. It's, it's by the water. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to just travel around England. I, I, I mean, as a music fan, it's hard to not like go there and just be like, oh, this is where, you know, Manchester is so much coming out of there, and Birmingham so much coming out of there. I mean, I when I was driving through Birmingham and I was like, these are the streets that Tony Iommi walked. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, so like cool. 
I know. Yeah. There's so I yeah. I mean, so this is coming up. Your your tour with with yeah. What? The tour is coming up. It's on uh, June eighth in London, June 9th in Reading, tenth in Coventry, and eleventh in Todd Morden. Um, I think I got those dates right. Uh, but those are the four dates that we're playing and, uh, it's going to be super exciting. I'm very excited and I'm excited to see Rodney Cromwell live. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he lives there, right? Yep. Yeah. In England. Um, and then, uh, you're going to be, um, so tell us about your, your collaboration with Scott. I I know he's with them. He does, he did some with the mountain goats. Uh, yeah. Scott and I have known each other for almost maybe more than 10 years now we were on the same label uh, an australian label called hidden shoal and mm -hmm. he's mostly a producer and engineer but his sort of one of his ambient solo projects was put out on that label and we met up with each other he lives in north carolina i live in brooklyn but we met each other because i was on tour and uh it was one of those things where we just like immediately got on and with working with him, it was super cool because he really has no pretensions about music. And I feel like I don't either. And, um, you know, we'd be talking about like Cocteau twins and he's like, he's a massive fan. And then we just as easily slip into talking about like the Pat Metheny group, which oh, again yeah. is something I get made fun of for liking like oh what are you into dad music and I'm but team. no i i yeah I, I love that david bowie uh, uh oh yeah this is not america it's not america yeah yeah so so he's just really easy to talk to about all that stuff and we have like a similar uh like we come together on certain artists and uh you know he's done a lot of mixing work for me he's produced a few of my records we just chat a ton and i always knew that he's done a number of remix records for people he did a, a somewhat famous full remix record for john vanderslice and he's done a few other ones and he's got such a different temperament like at least what comes out musically it's a, it's a, it's a bit more aggressive and i wouldn't even say harsh but it's it's definitely a lot you know got a lot more tood um like don't mess with me kind of tood than than what <laughs> than what my stuff is so i was kind of interested to see what he would do with uh with some of my work that was a lot more chill and vibey and stuff like that oh it's great i mean i really enjoyed it the you know i i got a um i got a chance to listen to all the songs which is i know they're not released yet but they will next week so people yeah. that out um, May 19th is the release date and this will air. Um, I, I, I'm not sure the day yet, but I'll let you know soon. Um, yes, please yeah. do. The supermarkets underwater is the LP May 19th is released. Roman Angelus and Scott Salter collaborating in this particular album release on happy robots records. Well, I'm really excited for you. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I am uh, I am looking at touring in sort of next year, you know, December and all those uh, maybe the spring of 2024. So uh, very seriously, we'll be 
hitting you up about uh, about uh, what what yeah. happens in Hawaii. I know you got a you got a DJ. Oh my god. I mean, do you do you have a? I mean, do, do you do you do you enjoy that? I mean, do you enjoy DJing and the you know the? I mean, I I think that's a that's a that would be a a good thing. I think that would I, be, I, I do enjoy doing it, and I I have already tried a little bit to push some of the tiki bars on like a uh, people may or may not know Smuggler's Cove in San Francisco, possibly one of the most well known tiki bars on the West Coast. I tried like I was like trying to get in with him and be like, dude, let me come to San Francisco and DJ a night there. And I was, I wanted to do a tiki bar tour of the West coast or something like that. Yeah, that's a good they idea. come together. Tiki yeah. Bar, bar tour. That's a good one. Are, yeah. Are there a lot of tiki bars in New York? Um, no, very. I mean, there's only one that is vaguely tiki. Uh, it's more like a tiki lounge, which I think I kind of prefer. I don't necessarily like it when it's completely overboard and kitsch i like a little bit of like you know a little throw in a little exotic lounge class to it um it's called the sunken harbor club is mm. ter- terrific terrific place okay so oh, I'm <laughs> give like them a shout more. out i know yeah <laughs> well i'm looking forward to uh to hearing more about that when it comes up you know next year yeah. or when, whenever you get that uh all booked up and ready to go and you have it all uh yeah up. But uh, you know, congratulations on this album. We're looking forward to the release date. And, Thank you. Really nice talking with you. And please like, subscribe, and share if you're watching this. Uh, Roman Angelus and Scott Salter teaming up and doing this full LP supermarkets underwater. It is uh, how many tracks? Uh, nine. I think it's nine. Yeah, nine tracks. Yeah. And I think the last one is is the last one is one of my faves, and I think it's it's a good one to just oh underwater too. The underwater supermarket, the fourteen-minute one. It's just, oh yeah, yeah. We're actually going to have a. It's it's sort of a secret right now, but I'm working with a video art video artist to do a really long artsy kind of um, Eno esque video for that. Oh, Eno, <laughs> Brian Eno, yeah, yeah. No surprise that I'm an Eno fan. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and who isn't? Yeah. yeah. So Happy Robots Records is in Bandcamp if they want if you want to check out the music you can find them right Happy Robots Records Bandcamp and uh Happy Robots uh .co uk for the tickets if you want to watch uh the the tour in 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 the UK as yes. well All right Please do. I'll put a link on the on the interview as well on uh, on my uh, YouTube channel but thank you so much Richard Bennett also known as Roman Angelus Doing, Thank uh, you. Talking a little bit about tiki and exotica and electronica. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on.